Welcome to Pause and Press Play. Thanks for tuning in. Oh my goodness, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to Pause and Press Play. I'm your host, Kyla. Um, and at some point, I'll likely be doing the most, so hang in there, stick in there with me. I hope you guys have been well. It has been such an interesting, um, I don't know, ride, journey, hiatus. Um, I am always really pressed when it comes down to doing my podcast and uh, making sure that it's relatable and that it makes sense. Um, and this season was, was particularly interesting because I decided to record in real time and you probably heard me say that a couple times. Um, and that's interesting because typically, you know, we spend a lot of time, um, re-recording and pre-recording and building content and making it all make sense. Um, and in this season, I just thought it was so, so important to be able to do the Black experience in real time, um, just because it's been such a journey for me. And I have come across so many things that I um, normally, I guess, wouldn't, if that makes any sense. I know you're kind of like, girl, what are you talking about? I'm just the idea of, um, you know, being Black in America, being a Black woman, being a Black mom, uh, a Black worker, a Black entrepreneur, all of those things mean something absolutely different once you start to identify um, your ethnicity, when you start to identify your color. Um, and I think that it's important to have conversations about those experiences that we have um, because I don't think that we do it enough. And maybe we do do it a lot. I just think that maybe in my experience, my community, um, my tribe, that might just be an area that we're working on and we're developing. So here we are. You know, you have to be the change in which you, you want to see. And so that starts for me. And I'm very, very excited to tap into it. So that's just a little summary, guys, of what we're doing, how we're doing it, and what this thing is about. Um, so, you know, share, comment, give me your feedback. Of course, you know, I want to hear about it. Um, oftentimes we, we want to invite people into our world without giving them, um, the permission or, and I won't necessarily say the permission, but without including them in our world. And sometimes I think that that is something that we do quite often in actuality brings me to this particular episode, um, and it's really about the exclusivity of what it is or what it means to have that community and to be in that tribe and to feel safe enough to share those experiences that you have. And I can say that sometimes it's very difficult for me <laughs> to share my experience and my perspectives typically because they're met with such um, backlash in certain areas and certain subjects. One thing about me is that I've always said that I don't know, you know, if it's a gift or um, if it's just who I am or how I was made or maybe all of the above. 
But being able to have perspective and provide different viewpoints and angles inside of a topic or conversation, I think is important because you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You don't want to be a know-it-all. You don't want to appear or uh, come off as though there's arrogance or there's ignorance or even that you're not open, you know, to hearing, uh, caring or sharing. And so I think that this is where we are. Um, and it's a really weird space. I'm gonna be honest with you. I look on social media. Uh, I, I read, I watch the news. Uh, I hear the conversations and the thoughts and I'll be honest, sometimes the perspectives are wild. And then there's other times where it's just completely one-sided and no one is willing to address the white elephants in the room. Um, You know, specifically, we've been all going through, I think, post-COVID feels. And and of course, that looks really different for everybody because the outlets are different. The... um, the perspectives are different. We're not the same people that we were when we went into this. I think that we've lost more than we're willing to admit. Um, and I think we've changed more than we're willing to admit, to be honest. Um, and at least that's just been my experience with the people and the, and the clients and the, um, the circles that I've ran in. And one of the biggest things that I'm noticing right now is the change, the shift, um, the shifting that comes with having this experience and who we are uh, and what we define it as, that looks kind of crazy, to be honest, because a lot of, a lot of what I feel in, in today has been met with sheer frustration, um, agitation, irritation. And I've constantly had to redirect my thoughts, constantly had to redirect my mind, constantly had to pull away from things and people that may or may not serve me. Um, And in some cases, pull away from those things that just may not necessarily be good for me, even though I may want them, even though I may want to participate or share or give or extend. I understand that in this experience that we have, in this journey that we have, there really, really is a season for everything. Um, and everything really is temporary. And in that, that brings us back into this, this place of sharing is caring. And what that looks like as people begin to share their truth, um, as we create space For them to share their truth, we also have to understand that as people are sharing that, that not only will it not look like your truth, not only will it not sometimes make sense to you, but it's valuable to be able to share those experiences and keep an open mind. And I think that's the thing that has been irritating me the most. And when I say that, I mean, y'all listen, I'm just going to keep 100 with you. Uh, Me and the worldview and the social media life has just not been going great. (laughs) 
Um, and I and it's deeper than social media, you know. I'm talking news outlets, interactions that I have with people, conversations that I have with strangers. All of those things um, have just become really weird for me. I'm a huge extrovert. I love people. I love having conversations with people. I love providing um, perspective and having dialogue and just understanding um, humans, right? Like that's just so intriguing to me. You know how people like to people watch? That's my thing. Like I love, love people. But what I have found in this season that I'm in is that guarding my heart and my mind has been a challenge because it's been met with such resistance when it comes to having conversations. I can recall a time where we had conversations, we voiced our opinions and our thoughts, we were okay, essentially, with being an individual. We were okay with different thoughts, different perspectives, we had an ability to understand, we wanted to understand, we, uh, I just felt like the world was very conducive to individuality at one point in time. I can't say that I feel that way anymore. I can't say that I am living in this space, in this world where people uh, are respecting one another and they're loving one another and they do all these things. Of course, that lives in my mind. Um, you know, I probably am really uh, a free spirit or some type of fairy or mermaid in some other life, y'all. But <laughs> as it stands right now, it's been really difficult for me to jump on the bandwagon and have these particular conversations or these dialogues or even interact with people, to be honest with you, because the perspectives have been so wild. Um, now when you share your truth and you share your story, um, I mean, this cancel culture idea of one minute we want to praise you, the next minute that we don't. Uh, the other minute I value what you're saying in the same respect. I only value it until it contradicts my thoughts or my opinion or it forces me to think about something that I don't necessarily want to think about. Of course, I'll be accountable for a thing. Um, but if I'm not accountable the way that you want me to be accountable, um, then I'm met with some form of challenge or resistance or uh, shame or judging or something that is going to essentially attempt to push me back into a closet or a mental block or a negative space and being hella intentional about what you subject yourself to right now is huge because I truly, truly believe that we're in this moment, in this time where the attack is so heavy on our mind uh, and so heavy at challenging our moral aptitude and things that we grew up thinking and knowing and loving and understanding, we're now finding that some of those things were only taught, were only used to leverage us. You know, I've come to a fork in the road where I ask how much of what I t was taught, how much of what was taught to me was actually taught to me with the means to manipulate me. Um, how much of what is supposed to be biblical or sound or just was there 
simply to uh, place some type of leverage in the back pocket for someone else. These are all the things that I think they, or, or it's not as accepted to find out about because for what I'm learning is every educational resource, every tool, every piece of it, depending on where it came from, it came to, uh, I don't want to say alter, but it came to essentially provide a side to hide from another side. (laughs) Let me unpack that. It's that I can use myself for an example. I know here recently I have been really, really in a place of reevaluating who I am, what I believe, who I believe, uh, how does it work? Because I, I notice that the systems, the formulas, the thoughts, the little nuances in between weren't working well for my life anymore. Like how I was taught to pray was it producing results. What I believed in uh, was single-handedly being changed and shifted before my eyes. Um, and it, it, of course, it provoked all these other sorts of questions that really came down to, well, if the Bible says this, but the world is doing this, and the results or the fruit of what I believe or I said is producing this, there has to be a disconnect somewhere. Where exactly is that disconnect? And I felt like it was up to me to be able to find that disconnect. And the only how to find that disconnect is to pull yourself back and evaluate you on every level, on every playing field. I mean, every time we age, of course, there's going to be a a new uh, transition period. There's going to be new thoughts. There's going to be things you're going to have to break away from. There's going to have to be sacrifices that you're going to have to make. Of course, that's just what it is when you're elevating. I think everybody knows that. But then there is an elevation to the elevation. And inside of that elevation to that elevation is an entire mental revamp uh, of the fabric of, of the makeup of who you are your spirit, your soul, your flesh, your um, your individuality, your, your personality, your thoughts, all of these things that typically make you out of the experiences that you go through. At some point, you begin to reflect and you begin to piece together different instances in your life. Like when we talk about, okay, putting our lives together, it, it's a puzzle piece. It's, it's, it's something that you know, there's this box that you have, there's 300 pieces inside of it, and eventually you're going to have to take some time, lay that thing out, and start building this puzzle with these pieces that you have. Excuse me. Um, but as you start to build these puzzle pieces with the pieces that you have, life begins to come in and it begins to bend some of those pieces or some of it gets wet or uh, some of it falls or gets misplaced. And out of that, you have to now go find that particular puzzle piece or try to repair it so that you can piece it back together, right? Now, of course, this is in no way negating uh, the spiritual side of it because I, a, a part of me feels as though 
uh, that's God's job, right? To put my life together in the pieces in which only he can. But that's as far as making my life, me getting in alignment, walking in his will, walking in his purpose, um, being able to align myself with the universe and the people and the resources, all of those things, sure. But in the meantime, there's still bits of work that has to be done because life tends to do what it does, right? Um, it comes in like a like a, a storm and it'll shift those pieces, lose those pieces, wet those pieces. Um, and then you have to begin the process of undoing those particular pieces or undoing the damage of those pieces so that God can continue to put those things together. But you have to allow him to mend those pieces, repair those pieces, find new pieces, right? So that's what I mean. So for me, I started to get into this, this world and this zone where everything just seemed to dis like I was just in disagreement with everything. It's like, I don't think that, I don't feel that, I don't see that. I know what the word says, but I also believe the nature of God here. I understand um, the agenda here, but I don't necessarily like the way that we're doing this here. Um, And it collectively began to make me grieve. It collectively began to make me sad because I started to feel as though, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, what are you thinking? Why can't you piece it together? Why can't you get it? You've done this for eons. You've been... Uh, this person for a long time, you've you've evolved, you've grown, you've this, you that. But what I what I realized was not happening in my world was my ability to take the experiences that I had and apply some of those experiences and apply them so much so that they produce some form of a perspective change or a shift. You know, it's like one plus one equals two. <laughs> If you do that enough, you'll do it like clockwork. But then it's like what happens with a one plus one equals two minus one plus one. What does that equal? You start throwing in these extra variables. And out of those extra variables, now you begin to say, wow, this is a different way to do this mathematical equation that I wasn't aware of before. In past, I was okay with not being aware of this before and adding this to my repertoire. Here recently, though, I was not okay with um, not knowing that this was the way, if that makes sense. I hope you guys are sticking in here with me. I was not okay with the introduction of the new variables to this mathematical equation because for, for the first time, I stopped and I thought about it, and I said, where did these numbers come from? <laughs> sure, I mean, we can have a new skill, and we can introduce this new thing, but now we have to stop and say, well, where did this thing come from? And that's how I started to feel about the disgruntled thoughts um, or, or the revamps of my mind, because I was trying to understand, well, what shaped my worldview? How did I get here? Where did, where did this come from? Where are these extra feelings, thoughts, uh, resources, uh, beliefs, non-beliefs? Where do they come from? And how do I address them? And then I thought, I said, well, they, I guess they have to be addressed within the experience. And man, y'all, <laughs> talk about a lesson. Talk about lessons. 
Because there's a difference in you walking around with a bunch of head knowledge uh, and even heart knowledge, because I think that those two things are very, very different. But when you start adding head knowledge and heart knowledge, and then the, the experience of those things that typically contradict your head and your heart knowledge, now you've got to pull back and you got to say, well, wait a minute. Why am I thinking this? Why am I feeling this? What's going on with this? And that was me. Every opinion, every thought, every nuance, every issue, every new uh, ideology or perspective began to make me say, do you believe that? Um, Do you believe that these things are true? Do you hold them to be true? Do you trust them to be true? Do you trust the people that taught them to you? Um, Because so much of what you've been taught typically or continuously violates that in which you see, right? Like if I get to a point or I get to a place where I say, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. And I know this sounds really, really vague, y'all, because I want you to take it and apply it to your world. Not mine, but I can give you a prime example of what I mean. If racism is a very, very real and prevalent thing in the world, it's what our country has been based on forever. Not one time can we go back and we look at their history, our history, whatever, and not find hatred and violence um, in, in our history. It's, it's very clear. But if the church teaches that love conquers this this hate and that I have to respond a particular way because it's the right thing to do because this is how God wants me to act then if I in turn am giving off that love I'm sowing that love I'm giving off that energy if I met with much more resistance than I have in the past then this now new experience is going to come in and shape um, this new moment, which is going to bounce off of my head knowledge and my heart knowledge, if that makes sense. Because if I'm, if I'm looking at my, my love walk and I'm increasing it and I'm pressing in and I'm tapping in and in past it's worked, right? When I get into a situation where it's not, I have to kind of like be like, okay, Maybe you got to do a different approach. Maybe you got to try a different way. Okay, maybe there's more that I need to learn. But when it continuously happens over and over and over, it begins to say, okay, well, wait a minute now. What's going on? Why am I running into these particular things when I'm not sold it, I'm not seen it, I'm not accepted it, uh, and I, I don't know where it's coming from? What, what do I do with that? If you go through that so many times, you begin to challenge and question like, okay, well, God, uh, if love is going to conquer this thing and I have favor and I have um, you in my corner and I, I'm going to walk this thing out carefully and I'm going to adjust here and I'm going to do this and do that. And I still somehow get a negative response or a negative situation. I'm going to do one of two things. I need to say, okay, well, you know, maybe this isn't the thing. Or I'm going to say, maybe this wasn't the thing, but this. And that's kind of the space that I leaned in to say, all right, well, I can totally understand that, God, if you were redirecting me or uh, if you wanted me to have a different perspective about that, 
But now that I do have a different perspective about that, how do I change that? How do I impact that? And how do I prevent this thing from um, being deposited so deep down inside of me where it now produces a change in how I believe you have made me? My heart was turning. And a lot of times we spend time trying to figure out where these distractions are coming from, uh, what they're designed to do. Uh, I truly believe that we give the enemy much more power than he actually has. Because a lot of times as these changes and these things begin to happen, we do not go back. We do not go back and measure these experiences up with this head knowledge and this heart knowledge so that we can be well-rounded. Because we want to take the approach that someone else told us, maybe the church, maybe your parents, maybe your job, maybe uh, your relationship. We want to take the approach of what someone has told us or taught us because in past we were comfortable with doing what was told to us to do because it produced the result that we desired to see. But at some point, (laughs) it's like leaving the nest at some point. You now begin to have to measure up your heart, your head, and this experience to be able to shift you into thinking about long-term solutions for your life and then long-term perspectives that are going to produce some form of change to elevate you, change you, uh, and to be able to pass on to those that come uh, behind you, right? That's been my world. Um... So much of what I thought and so much of what I taught um, has been shifted in this season of, of, of experience. And it's been a painful lesson. It's been a lot of lessons because, um, you know, we talk about walking around with blind faith and, and, and seeing things as we want them to see and not as they are. And I think that there's a level of dangerous, um, that's associated with that because it allows you to continuously walk sometimes in a situation um, providing or wanting or desiring extra hope uh, or desiring extra faith or pressing into those challenges instead of saying, hey, this experience is going against what it is that I uh, believe or I've been taught. Let me pause. Let me take a break. Let me step back. Let me evaluate. Um, let me course correct. Let me do whatever needs to happen to produce in me something that's going to be connected to ultimately what I'm supposed to be walking out in this earth. I now have to sit, I have to acknowledge these things and these experiences. And inside of that, it's almost like cocooning within your cocoon. Um, You know, I moved to Atlanta five years ago, uh, just about, and I am wrapping up that journey. I am relocating, and it has been a narrow, a royal pain in my entire soul, like the city of my soul, the opposition, the resistance, the challenges um, that have come up against that have been great, which, of course, lets me know that, hey, I'm on track, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Um, I'm hitting next level things and I'm seeing the fruit of those things. But inside of that, I've had to process a lot of thoughts, a lot of perspective, a lot of pain, a lot of false uh, teaching, a lot of vain ideologies, a lot of um, 
a lot of things that I would just say weren't um, the best. And of course, you know, I'll jump into it, y'all, when it's time. But um, I had questioned for years, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? Because I would not have picked here. I'm a New York, California uh, kind of gal. You know, I was born in the Midwest. (laughs) Uh, I feel like I'm a city girl at heart. And as I've gotten older, you know, I've incorporated some country in there. And I don't get me wrong because I like my seclusion. But I really felt like I lived my life in a bubble, y'all. I felt like uh, I was sheltered and preserved uh, from so many things. And I think that those uh, things were very necessary so that I didn't change or have a heart change. But this thing that I was in, y'all, almost did it. And it almost did it in such a way that I didn't even see it until it was so close to being done. And that's balancing those experiences with your head knowledge, your heart knowledge. Because we tend to get bitter and angry and resent uh, certain things if we don't see them come to pass because of what's been ingrained in us to believe And you have to detach yourself away from that because so much of what you were taught, you were taught, I believe, in those moments to kind of get you from A to Z. But they were never meant um, for you to stop. They were never meant for you um, to become complacent or comfortable in those thinking. Um, Eventually, you'd have to have gone out and gotten more tools, um, gotten more resources, been a resource, able to develop yourself. There's so much of it that uh, from a vantage point, if we sit and we say that uh, we believe this and we do this and it doesn't do this, what's happening, right? And and that's how it was. I was like, what the F is happening? (laughs) You know, if I pray for a thing and I believe for a thing, then I should be able to see this thing come to pass if it's aligned with... um, what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. I know it's a lot of what I'm supposed to be doing because I've heard. So if I heard um, and then I'm, I'm seeing different results or I'm producing different results or there's a different fruit of that, I got to stop at some point and be like, okay, what's happening? And I essentially had to dismantle every single system, every single thought, every single belief, every um, single moment I had to surrender over and get down to the core of, okay, who I am and what I'm doing. And that is, I think, the single most hardest thing for you to do because you have to revamp your entire worldview. You can no longer continue to respond from an ignorant place once you know. You, you're no longer able um, to, to ignore those things. Again, I take it back to racism. You know, if I'm a white person and, um, I I live in privilege and I walk in this entitlement, Um, whether I voluntarily or not, whether I see it or I don't. The first time that I experience some type of white privilege because I have a a friend and and something happened vastly different for them, or uh, I'm a witness to what I know is unfair, untrue, immoral, then at, at that point, at that very point is when there's a shift that has to happen from what you see, what you learn, what you hear, and now what you've experienced to now produce some form of an outward change that can be seen beyond yourself. And in order to do that, you have to accept the things that you have refused to believe. Um, For me, I had to accept that there is a form um, 
of, of this religion thing in Christianity, that our world has been whitewashed so much that sometimes the people that have taught us the things that we hold so very true and so near to our heart has sometimes only been taught to us because it was beneficial for them. That just is what it is, y'all. <laughs> sometimes we have to accept and understand and embrace that. Okay, hey, my parents did the best that they could do with the information that they had. And whether or not I thought they should have gotten the tools or wanted to get the tools or uh, believed in the tools, it, it, it is what it is. Because the only how I'm going to be able to make those changes is to be able to accept that that is. Not justify, not make excuses, um, not shun, not change, not not change um, those people or attempt to change those other people, but to embrace that it is what it is, right? I have to become okay with um, knowing it is what it is, and um, I think sometimes when people say that they they um, say it in terms of. What can I do? How can I do it? How can I change? Like sometimes you just have to sit inside of it. Of it is what it is, um, and that's kind of that space that that I, that I've been in. It's it's understanding that so much of this is not about me, and understanding that so much of this um, of the world is a result of other things that don't necessarily have something to do with me. Um, and I think that our plight has been that we've taken up all of these things and we've collectively put them in a, in a ball and we've said, OK, let me go produce or throw this gigantic ball into the air and see where it lands. Um, and, and the reality of that is that we have this this fear, this fear that we are supposed to um, impact this line that we're supposed to line and walk this uh, space that we are supposed to contribute to, um, whether it's on a national, local, or global scale, there's a mountain that we ourselves have been assigned to that we have to conquer. And inside of that, um, while you're standing at the mountaintop, while you're watching it, while you're living it, while you're going through your ups, your downs, your peaks, your valleys, and all these things alike, your your worldview is changing. The entire fabric of your makeup is changing um, and it's difficult to accept and it's difficult to dismantle the things in which you've learned that you're very comfortable in that you want to do. But it is necessary for you to conquer your mountain. It's necessary for you um, to make the impact that you need to make. You've got to untangle these knots that have been left inside of you um, that you've just been walking around with knots and balls, and colors, and strings, and all of those things, this is like, oh, snap, I got to take those one by one, or I got to cut them, or I got to throw them away, or, or I got to make a new one, or I got to do this, or I got to do that. I think that we are in that space and in that place where the work absolutely has to be done um, on your mountaintop. And so much of that is going to require you to go against what it is that you think it'll have to so it'll have to change so much of who you were, so much of what you thought. Um, and really, it is like the cocoon inside of the cocoon. Because a lot of times I think that we get we get in our, our own space, um, in our own area, and we are set aside and we are set apart. 
Um, and that first cocoon is directly meant to uh, cocoon you with your family, with your closest ones, with your holy of holies, with your inner circle. Because those are the people that get your love first. Those are the people that get your lessons um, first. Those are the people that will rock with you and endure with you and do all those things. But even in that, you have to make sure that that your your lifers are not confused with your you know associates or your temporary partners or your or um, the people that are seasonal or whatever that looks like, because that worldview eventually is gonna is gonna is gonna shift. And so once you get outside of your internal cocoon, I believe that you'll begin to cocoon in a place where your next level it becomes your global level. It becomes your national level. It becomes your local level where you can now represent um, yourself and your beliefs and those that may have taught you. Uh, you may represent on a level because You've been able to take your head knowledge, your heart knowledge, and your experience. And now you've moved into the application of that thing. It's, it's kind of like we tell people wisdom. I mean, anybody can be smart. Anybody can read a book. Anybody can um, get an unlimited amount of data or information um, and be able to have it. Anybody can be a walking um, you know, dictionary, the source, or any of those things. But if you cannot put those things in proper context and apply them, um, then we can't actually define you as wise. You know, we can say, okay, well, you know, you got some wisdom on this particular topic. Um, but now to a place where if I say you have wisdom on a particular topic, it's because you've been able to combine your head, your heart, and your experience, right? Um, you may be a wise person. It doesn't mean that you absolutely operate in wisdom. You may be a person of great resource. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are 100% resourceful because there's an application part inside of all of these things. Um, and, and a lot of times I don't know that it's recognized. I don't know that it's seen. I don't know that we get it because we're juggling so many balls in the air, because we're, we're doing so much, we're seeing so much, we're open to so much. We, um, this this era that we're in, this world that we're in, access is, I mean, it's wide open. And because the access of your life is wide open, you absolutely have to um, deny the access to all the things that may not be important. Understand what I'm saying? Because we because we live in a world where access is almost granted all the time for everything and is almost expected is that you have to now come in and deny the access to those things that you once were very accessible to outside of, of, of first person and, 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 and human contact. And, and I'm talking access into the depths of your souls, your thinking, your spirit, the connections. There's a sacred part of access to you that you have to steward in order to get to your next level. Because inside of that pocket of you is, is the oil. That's the well that's going to run over. If you think about your cup and you pour, you pour, you pour, well, 
think about a cup that has a hole in the middle of it, right? That's sitting on top of uh, your jug. It say that's like your filter. The good, the good, good, good water is not. It's not on top. It's not in the cup because it hasn't gone through this filter, right? The experience of your life is the filter. Uh, it's really what allows you to have the perspectives and the mind shifts and uh, increase the love walk and operate in in your highest energy and your vibration levels. It's it's the one on the inside that does it. And that's the thing that you have to protect because once it begins fragmented or... Um, once there's debris in it or junk in it or oil in it, the whole thing has to be done over. The whole, the entire, all the contents got to be done over for this one little dot. And it is that serious and it is that vital because it it will alter your worldview in a way um, that'll have you in denial, that'll have you deceived, that'll have you operating um, you know, by religion that will have you being manipulative, um, that will have you operating in, in selfishness. Because I believe to the core of us, in order for us to be out front and to be able to share and do and change and provoke, um, that all has to be intact and, and pure and authentic, which means it's got to be surrounded by clean vessels. It's got to be surrounded by clean cleanliness it it can't have anything that comes into it deep down uh it can't have anything touch the filter system like it's such a delicate fragile place and that's your cocoon and inside your cocoon uh and it's going to require more of you than what you thought um because the sacredness the outcome of that thing is so important to your to your family, to your legacy, to your income, to your levels, to all these things. And 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 everything imaginable is going to come and try to press pressure and break into that or break that or mold that or uh, compromise that, all of it. Um, because, it. because it's a deeper level than something that's just, let me just take you off focus. Let me just distract you. No, this is something that's trying to change the fabric of your makeup. And so you have to pay special attention to it. And and I think that there are lots of people that um, know this and feel this. You know, when we talk about people that vibrate with the universe, or we talk about people that vibrate with their energies, or we talk about people who um, can sense the discern discernment coming or can sense the shift and the things. I think a lots and lots of people understand this concept. It just may not be able to be articulated um, in this way. And y'all know that's my thing now, you know, I'm the perspective uh, uh, giver. That's what I like to do. Um, but I realize that I cannot even provide that to you without first having been able to couple um, all of those things together and, and, and bring them together to deliver um, some type of, of result and to produce some type of fruit that can essentially help you. And so... Um, I know this this podcast seemed like a ramble, y'all. This podcast seemed like what was it? But it's 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 where we are. I think it's where we are as a people. I think it's where we are as a body. I think it's where we are as individuals. 
um, parents, moms, owners, entrepreneurs, and all of those things. Um, and so I, I, I challenge you. I question. I question your cocoon. Um, I, I, I wonder. You know, how well have you stewarded that thing? What What does that look like for you? Um, and and what are you doing to come out that thing uh, like your emerging butterfly? And so. I, I really, really hope that you got something, something out of this podcast. Um, you know, pause and press play the black experience. This has just been such an amazing ride. So I can't wait to jump into the next couple episodes with you guys um, and share some more uh, real time examples of some things that I've endured in this time. But um, yeah, don't forget to pause and press play, guys. Until next time, don't forget to tune in to Paul and Press Play.